This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Another edition of Betting the Ponies right here on Brett Rivers, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Mark Malusis and Brian Monzo with you. Mons, how you doing, buddy? I'm um, I'm excited. We're a little over a week away from the Belmont Stakes and that entire card at Belmont, which is usually terrific with the Met Mile, the Manhattan. So uh, a nice little prelude this weekend at Churchill, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting to Belmont next week. Yeah, we got four graded stake races that we're going to run through out at Churchill Downs, uh, which takes place on Saturday. You've got the Penn Mile on Friday night, which is an intriguing race. We got the Penine Ridge out at Belmont Park on Saturday afternoon, which is another intriguing race as well, as Charlie Appleby has got an import coming over for him uh, for Godolphin, and he seems to win with everything that he brings over uh, on the uh, Naira circuit, especially in those stake races. We'll get into a little bit of that, but really focus in on the, the Churchill Downs racing action for the this week, Mons, and you mentioned it. I mean, the Belmont Stakes, listen, I love it. I mean, you're from New Jersey. I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up going to Belmont Park, Aqueduct, Saratoga as a kid with my dad and my uncle. And, you know, I, I can't tell you. I mean, let's see, I'm 40, I'm 47 now, amazingly enough, right? So I'm 47 <laughs> years old. I've been to probably over the course of my life, I've been to the Belmont Stakes, I would say, on 25 occasions. Probably half, more than half my life, I've been to each and every rendition of the Belmont Stakes. I started going probably in the early 90s, maybe even more, maybe about 30 of them. Uh, I love the Belmont Stakes. I understand it. I think we're going to get a really, really competitive field as well. There's no, not going to be a triple crown on the line, unfortunately, which will you know, not, not, uh, will, will hinder, the, say, the crowd going to Belmont Park next Saturday. But the Belmont Stakes, a mile and a half over Big Sandy, the true test of a champion is just an unbelievable event. And you've got basically three great days of racing, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at beautiful Belmont Park. Yeah, you get a, a little bit of an appetizer on Thursday, a really good card Friday, and then what I think is second to the Breeders' Cup uh, the Saturday at Belmont with the uh, amount of grade ones and great horses that typically go. And the pots are, you know, they're not quite Kentucky Derby Day, but uh, still, there's definitely opportunities to make money not only in the Belmont Stakes, but on the undercard. What's your best Belmont Stakes memory? Uh, well, I was going to get into this later, um, but if you want to do a little story time now, it's not my best memory, but maybe my favorite memory. It's not too long ago. It actually involves you. Uh, it's the 2016-2017, uh, almost like uh, one-on-one we had. Because in 2016, I was all over Destin at 10-1, and you were all over Creator. And Destin had the lead up until maybe the last step of the finish line it was amazing. before Creator got his nose up. And you probably had the exact, I didn't. I had the exact, um, uh, I had Creator to win, Yes. Yes. And, I was there and, high-fiving Bobby Flay after the race, who bought into that horse right before the Belmont Stakes. Right. And I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I've gone and watched that in slow motion, and it's literally one step. It's one step uh, for Destin to not get his nose down to the finish line at 10-1, to 1, which would have been a nice hit uh, for me. But I'm glad you won. And the funny no, part of the not. story is going to the next year, I get my revenge as I have Taprit over Irish Warcry 
you're all over Irish War Cry. I'm all over Taprit, and Taprit gets by him late in, uh, late before the finish line, and I get my revenge on Malusis. And I did have the exacta that day, and I, you probably did too. But it's just funny how that how the game is, where it's you know a couple steps here, a couple steps there, and uh, you're playing pedigrees, you're playing uh, horses you like, um, horses based on trainers, and you know you talked about how there's not a triple crown on the line this year, uh, and I know that like you said, that's gonna affect maybe the crowd, maybe even the ratings on TV. But if you're a horse player, that doesn't bother me at all. It's still a great race. There's still opportunities to, to make money. There's still opportunities to bet small amounts of money and win big. Uh, you know, and almost, I, I got to be honest with you, it, it's almost a better betting race without a one to nine shot in there running for the triple crown. Uh, to me, there's opportunities to score. We did it last year with Modonical. Um, I, I just think, the circumstances don't play in the home. I'm, I'm looking forward to it no matter what. Yeah, I had the Philly last year. She ended up running second. Mo Donico got first run and was able to hold her off late, and that was being Nest, and, and Nest ended up being obviously a champion. She was unbelievable that year, but just couldn't win the Belmont Stakes. You're going to hear about it over the course of the next seven days, next week, seven, eight days here, uh, about Tappet. Uh, I mean, and if you take a drink every time you hear somebody talk about Tappet being the sire of Belmont Stakes winners, well, I mean, I don't know if you'd survive the week because that's basically going to be the talking point for everybody because four, four of the last eight winners of the Belmont Stakes has been sired, have been sired by Tappet. So he's shown himself to be a, a tremendous long-distance sire. Um, you know, Todd Pletcher and others have had a lot of success with Tappet Colts and and we're going to get one, in, and maybe even more than one, but we're going to get a big one next Saturday in Tappet Trice, who I think a lot of people are going to be all over thinking that his running style and the grinding running style that he is and being a son of Tappet is going to be proved to be successful in next Saturday's rendition of the Belmont Stakes. Yeah, and, you know, Tappet Shoes, I believe, was announced to run in the race as well. No, you're going to get uh, two. So, yeah, so you're going to get multiple. And, look, what's funny about this is if you're a handicapper, you're playing a horse with pedigree to wrong long. If you're a, a casual player and it's just like, I play the gray horses, you've probably hit on a tappet horse winning the Belmont Stakes. Yeah, you probably have. I mean, yeah, and that's we're going to get into it. We're going to have a full like handicapping breakdown of, of the Belmont Stakes Day because it's an unbelievable day. It gets going early in the morning next Saturday at beautiful Belmont Park, and you're going to have, and, and hopefully everyone has a successful day. There was nothing better than when I was sitting on the finish line in 2016, and I knew Monzo, not that I was rooting against Brian. I was just rooting for my horse being creator. And the call by Larry Colmus of creator right at the finish line and sitting there covering that race for SNY that day and knowing that I just won the race. It was awesome. I don't know how Colmus called that, by the way. I mean, it was too close. I mean, it took a couple of replays, in my opinion. But, no, it was it was great. Let's that was get, a good day. For you. That was also a good day for you because you had frosted in the Met Mile. Oh, mile I love, dude! I I love frosted. That race, frosted in that Met Mile ran as good of a race as you'll. I mean, not better than Secretariat, but that Met Mile. I remember being in the backyard with my dad, and we're watching on one of the TVs. You know, before they built the UBS Arena, and. The race I knew because if we've watched Rosario on a horse and when he doesn't move his hands and he's just moving like an absolute locomotive, the race was over before they entered the top of the stretch. And he won that race by like 15 lengths. It was amazing. Oh, he, he eased up on the horse as they were approaching the finish line. It's crazy. It was great. Yes, that was a good day. Uh, there's not many back, in the Malusis household, but that was a good day. And if you go back to the year before, how great was it when Honor Code won oh. the Met Mile? Blew by every Rosario. Oh, that was Castellano that year. 
just blew by everybody as they were scorching up front, and he just blows by tonalist, tonalist. And, and everybody. Yes, just oh. the Met Mile is a great race, and you're going to have a good addition this year. I think Cody's Wish is going to be in the race, so uh, another awesome race to get into uh, next week. Looking forward to it. No question about it. All right, let's get into this weekend's racing. Uh, we're going to make our journey out to Churchill Downs, and They've got a, a, a fair bit of good rate, uh, graded stake races on Saturday, 245 post. The first one we're going to talk about is the grade three regret. Uh, it is a mile and an eighth on the turf course. You've got a field of six that are going postward in this one, Monzo. Mission of Joy, nine to five. The three is your uh, morning line favorite. Uh, you got Papilo as well, the five at two to one on the morning line for Mark Cassie and Javier Castellano. Where do you fall on the regret? Yeah, I'm not on either of the top two choices. Uh, Papilio, to me, is a horse, uh, had a perfect setup two back, last out, uh, you know, sat close to a pace that was moving pretty quick, even though Heavenly Sunday wasn't contested, a horse that I liked uh, in the previous race, and couldn't quite get there and hung a little bit. Mission of Joy uh, gets Tyler Gaffleyone here, but uh, despite being a really good horse, found some trouble last out. And I think he's going to be too short for, for not being so much better than everybody else. I like the two, girl named Charlie. Uh, if you look, I like the race pattern, how they started this horse off as a sprinter. Uh, they moved her up to a router. She's been really good routing at fairgrounds, then up to Churchill. Last out, she got stopped uh, at the 316th pole. Uh, couldn't get going uh, until late. Only lost that race by two lengths um, to Heavenly Sunday at a big price at 18-1. to uh, this is an improving horse for Tom Amos. You're getting six to one on the morning line, five to one on the morning line. I apologize on a horse that's getting better. And I've said it, I've said it once in this podcast and any podcast we've ever done. I'm always looking for horses with some value that are getting better along the way. And I think that's what this horse is. So a girl named Charlie, top pick for me, five to one on the morning line. I do like Papilio because the horse is very talented, just not my top pick. And I'm going to use the one, Miss Riddler, who looks like the only speed in the race, just not quick enough and, and good enough to maybe get the distance. But uh, you're going to give me six to one on Luis Saez on a speed horse. Uh, I think he's going to try and control the pace as best as he can. To me, this horse just isn't good enough. So girl named Charlie, Papilio, Miss Riddler for me uh, in the regret. Yeah, I, I, you you mentioned an, uh, you know a number of the field of six. You didn't mention my horse. I like the four, Mrs. Astor. It's been a money burner. Last two races, a Philly three-year-old out of looking at Lucky, trained by Jonathan Thomas, ridden by John Velasquez. Um, you know, third race off of the layoff, ran at Keeneland, ran at Indiana, maybe a little bit cheap, um, and, and stepping up in class here in a grade three event doesn't have to improve all that much. And I love the fact that Johnny V hops on a board, ran her two races back at Keeneland is going to race her Saturday at Churchill Downs. I think there's a, an argument to be made that she's going to take a step forward four to one on the morning line. Uh, if you lost with her last two, when she was, you know, less than two to one and she was a money burner and she was the post-time favorite. I, I think on Saturday in race five, Mrs. Astor is going to come out on top. I think, um, uh, I think it's setting up for her to have a, a nice finish down the lane, sitting from off the pace. So that's where I landed. Um, I threw Papilio, the five underneath. I threw in um, your horse, girl named Charlie, the two. So I went four, five, two in race five at Churchill Downs. Uh, that is the grade three regret. Let's move ahead to the eighth race, which is the Shawnee. It is also a grade three event. It's a mile and a 16th on the dirt. Uh, you have a field of eight that are going postward, Mons. Uh, who do you like in this one? Yeah, this is one of those where I'm not going to go out. I don't like to – I'm not a big fan of ripping people and ripping morning lines, but the discrepancy between the seven and the six, Hidden Connection being nine to two and Frostpoint being two to one, makes absolutely no sense to me. 
Uh, if you look at last out, Hidden Connection just got uh, taken out by Frostpoint last out. I like the outside draw. For, Hidden Connection has done nothing nothing wrong in her career outside of uh, a questionable performance in which it, the race benefited for closers at Oakland two back and going back to the Kentucky Oaks where she was merely uh, a three-year-old. So Hidden Connection is going to be my top pick. Who, I, you know, I'm not sure if she's going to show speed. Uh, but I really like the outside draw and think she can carve out a good trip. Ross Point's certainly talented and can win the race. But to me, you're getting uh, the price differential makes no sense to me. But my top pick's going to be Hidden Connection. I also like 63 caliber here uh, a little bit at a big price at 6-1. to one. Amos running really well. Uh, if you put a line through the last two, this horse has done nothing wrong. Uh, ran really well in the Comley. Has run well at Churchill in the past. Uh, ran really well starting her career. Uh, six to one, a good price there. Hidden Connection is my topic. I'm going to use the six and five underneath. Yeah, once again, another race. You, you and I are going in opposite directions. I, I landed on the three Pauline's Pearl. Steve Asmussen, Tyler Gaffleone happened on the board. Uh, been traveling and been racing all over the place. Churchill Downs, Oaklawn Park. Um, you know, out at Santa Anita. Um, you look at Churchill Downs, one for five on the course, six for fifth, six for thirteen. But is coming the money 11 or 13 times at the distance. I love the fact that Kathleen hops on a board. You can make the argument it might be, and I heard Brad Thomas on with Mike right here on Bed Rivers uh, talk about the fact he thinks Kathleen might be the most talented uh, North American jockey. And, and I don't think he's necessarily wrong. Um, I think he's going to get the trip and sit the trip. Um, I like the fact that, you know, it's the fourth race here off the form cycle, like the way that he's working out as well. Asmussen going with Gaffleone. I landed on the three Pauline's Pearl at five to two on the morning line. I also used, obviously, the the two obvious betting choices, uh, the seven hitting connection nine to two on the morning line for everything that Brian just mentioned. And I think you have to include uh, Frost Point uh, for Bill Mott and for Junior Alvarado. Second race off the form cycle for him. Uh, came out, ran really, really well at Keeneland, uh, good at Churchill Downs, two for three at the distance. That's why I think he's two to one on the morning line. I agree with you. I don't think there necessarily needs to be the disparity in the morning line odds between the six and the seven. But I think the fact of the connections and the fact that maybe you're looking at a, a five-year-old that is improving for Bill Mott here and Junior Alvarado, I think that is why maybe that he is two to one or she is two to one, I should say, on the morning line. But I landed on the three Pauline's Pearl at five to two on the morning line. The ninth race at Churchill Downs on Saturday is the grade three Arlington, and it is a mile and a 16th on the turf mons. Post time for this one is 4.55 Saturday afternoon. A field of seven, highlighted by an oldie but goodie, one that we've lost a lot of money on over the course of the last year and a half, and that is the seven set piece at 8-5 to five on the morning line for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. Well, what do we know about set piece? Is that she runs well, but she also loses a lot, and it's not always her Loses a lot. Right, and she needs to come well off the pace. She's never a horse that likes to sit close, and that's why, even though there's a good amount of speed in this race, I can't trust her second off the layoff, getting older. Uh, I don't know what she is anymore. I know well, Here's what I know she is. I know she's a, a late closer. I don't think she's got the kick she used to, and at 8 to 5, I'm going to, and probably shorter than that, I'm going to let her prove me wrong. I landed on the 6 Royal Patriots. Yeah, we're on the same horse. Yeah, I, I just think that. Ran really well at Saratoga, lost to Nations Pride Annapolis, who were two really good horses. Uh, I'll throw out the Virginia Derby. I, I don't, you know, it's at a weird track. 
not a lot of horses run well there. So going looking at the last out, they brought this horse back off the layoff, puts up a 95 buyer in a race where there wasn't a ton of speed, but came off the pace, but not as dramatically off the pace as set piece needs to. I think Royal Patient is going to be sitting closer. I really trust Velasquez in a rating uh, situation where he's just got to sit off the pace and roll late. Love grand motion. Yes, obviously motion on these horses that come over from Europe and, and get better over here. So Royal Patronage 3-1 to one is my top pick. Uh, I'm really interested in Classic Causeway, and here's why. I don't feel like the connections have any idea what to do with this horse. Do you? I, it's just no, like I don't. don't but I, I think you're – I mean, what's impressive is you're looking at Son of Giants Causeway. That's shown himself to be a, a winner of, of – I mean, he's earned over $1.4 million so far, you know, as a, as a four-year-old. But – He's shown success on the turf and also on the dirt. Yeah, I think this is the horse that's going to be is going to let get smoke in and a couple of the other speed horses go and may sit right behind, right with uh, Royal Patronage. And I just think Royal Patronage is a little better. Um, I'm going to use Classic Causeway underneath, and I'm going to use the one uh, get smoking as well, who is getting better uh, even though this horse is six. The buyer speed figures look good. Uh, inside draw, I like on the speed, so I'm going to end up going with. Um, Royal Patronage over Classic Causeway over Get Smoking. I'm throwing set piece out of this one. Unfortunately, as much as I love the horse, we've made some money on this result. So lost a lot of money on a horse. Uh, she's a complete toss from here. Yeah, I, I just can't. And and usually sometimes when when you played races and you play races consistently, you know, and and a key to handicapping is getting the emotion out of it, right? Who cares what the horse Philly or, or Colt did for you the race before? You got to look at each and every race individually. You got to look at the circumstances and. As Monzo and, and Kenny Peck from the Daily Racing Forum talk about all the time, you got to look at race flow and how the race sets up. I just don't trust her. I mean, I, I understand why, you know, out of Judmont, um, we've seen set piece run in grade ones, grade twos, grade threes. There's no question about it. Going to be coming from out of the clouds. People are going to look at, you know, in, in the opening verse at Churchill Downs on May the 4th and say, well, I think she's set up after, you know, the first race off the extended break, uh, set up for a really kind of a lightning run at Churchill Downs Saturday afternoon. She might, I mean, I'm not going to take 7-5 to five and 8-5 to five and bank on it. And a horse that is so pace dependent as well. And let's be honest, even when she gets the pace, there are times where she has a tendency to find trouble too. So that's the issue when when I look at when I look at set piece and I I, I look at the scenario and I, I just don't necessarily I don't, I don't know if I necessarily trust him uh, to come flying down the lane. Um, I get it, uh, but I landed with you. I landed on the six royal patronage, uh, the four year old improving Grand Motion, John Velasquez, everything Mon- Monzo mentioned. Horse I'd throw underneath would be ten to one on the morning line, Tiberius Mer- Mercurius. Um, Michael Maker, Luis Saez. I think it's an interesting... They've had success as far as a trainer-jockey combination. We know how big of a finisher Luis Saez is. We know how talented Michael Maker is with turf horses, uh, especially taking him from other barns. Um, he's, you know, was able to grab him a number of races ago and, and claimed him and, and has had some success. I would not be all that surprised if Tiberius Mercurius, the four, at 10 to one on the morning line, outruns his odds as well. Um, I use set piece begrudgingly underneath. Um, I'm not as big of a fan as Classic Causeway. I tried to convince myself on the two Kentucky Ghosts, but to be honest with you, I couldn't get there. So when I look at this grade three Arlington, to me it was royal patronage over the four Tiberius Mercurius over the seven 
um, set piece. That's what I have in race nine, the Arlington, a grade three event at Churchill Downs on Saturday. Post time for that race is 4.55. All right, let's get to the top of the stretch, Mons. Um, and we have uh, the Blame, a grade three event. It is a mile and an eighth. It is on the Churchill Downs main track on Saturday. It's 5.26 Eastern time, post time. You've got a, uh, saw a lot of familiar names in this one. Field of Eight, Masker Paid makes, uh, makes his return here. Uh, you look at Rattle and Road, Barber Road, uh, Pioneer of Medina. Who do you like in the blame on Saturday at Churchill Downs? I, I got to be honest. This was a tough race because, first off, I can't take Rattle and Roll at 2-1, to one, a Kenny McPhee horse uh, on the rail uh, against a, a somewhat competitive field, a field that I don't think uh, he's all that much better than. Um, certainly he's run better as of late. The buyer speed figures are uh, really good, 101, 101, 100. I, I, I have a tough time thinking he's going to improve off that. The horse I'm looking at here, and, and again, it was a tough call for me to really find somebody that I loved. So the horse that I like and I'm going to bet is going to be my top pick is the three, Barber Road, uh, who's gotten uh, – He's gotten better the last couple of races and seems to have found his form uh, with Ray Luke Gutierrez on board. I like this horse last year, ran really well in the Kentucky Derby despite finishing sixth, uh, closed just like Rich Strike, just like everybody else. Uh, you always find traffic in that race. Gutierrez was able to navigate that and run really well. Didn't do much in the Belmont Stakes. Really, nobody did outside of O'Donagle uh, and Nest. Uh, ran a bunch of allowance races. I'm going to toss some of the ones in the sloppy tracks, and I'm going to look at the last two where this horse really seemed to find form sitting close to the pace as opposed to trying to be uh, a deep closer. I think that's what it's going to take for this horse to win. Uh, I like the price. I like the draw. Barber Road, 6-1, to one, is my top pick. I also like the outside horse, Cook Creek, a horse, again, that I liked last year. Lost some money on this horse, but, again, has found uh, something the last couple of races sitting close to the pace and speed favoring tracks 12-1. to one. Uh, a line that I really like. Cook Creek is my second pick. And I'm going to use Pioneer Medina, who might be the speed of the race. Uh, Luis Saez's speed is always going to get attention from me. So those are my three. A very tepid top pick for me. Barber Road, 6-1 on the morning line. I'm going to take a shot on a horse. Mod, what do you kind of ask you a question when you look at the past performances? What do you think of the five Santine? Santine looks like a horse that uh, has run well and hasn't found the finish line first. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Correct, right. And and honestly, has been on the turf, right? So don't you think it's interesting that you have Brendan Walsh, who's a really good trainer, right? Gaff Leone hops on a board, a son of distorted humor, who on the turf, I mean, at one point in time, I mean, was running in the Arlington Million, the grade one Manhattan. Um, do you look at Santina as a horse? Why make the transition going from turf to dirt at this stage? Uh, look, the, the pedigree... You know, Santero Italia was a turf horse. Uh, distorted humor in 49er, obviously, you know, were, were solid. You know, I, I think you're just taking a shot with a horse that's run well and looking for its, its, its main. Now, they ran two back on the synthetic, ran okay, not great. Uh, I understand taking the chance. My only issue with making that horse my top pick is I don't want a higher price. No, that's fair. I mean, I, and I, I just, listen, I like rattle and roll. I mean, I, I do. I just, I don't, I don't like. I don't like him at, at two to one. I really don't, especially with how all out he was um, in order to win the Pimlico special um, down in, uh, you know, Preakness weekend a, a couple weeks back. Um, you know, he's in really good form. Three straight races of triple digit buyer speed figures. There's nothing not to like about rattle and roll. Uh, only w- issue would be is that he's just one for four at the distance, two for five at Churchill Downs. And I don't know if you're necessarily going to get two to one. 
you know, I don't think Masquerade, uh, Masquerade, Masquerade is is fast enough. The two, I don't know if necessarily your top pick, Barbara Road. I'm gonna go a little different here. I don't love it. It's just that I don't really love everyone else outside the the top betting choice on 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 Saturday in race ten in the Blame at Churchill Downs. I landed on the five Santine um, Walsh Gaffleone. Great trainer jockey combination. We talk about the fact of I can't make an argument about great dirt form because he doesn't have any. Um, you know, it's a turf horse that's going to the dirt. They're obviously going to try something, and maybe it's a case of trying to improve. He's won the Grade One Arlington Million. Maybe it's to try and improve his his stock price as a stallion and see exactly what they have. And it could be a monumental disaster. Like I totally understand that they could be turning for home. And Santine the five could be basically 30, you know, 20 lengths out of it and want no part of the kickback and want no part of the dirt. I get that. I understand it. Maybe a little bit, need a little bit better than eight to one. I think it'll be interesting when the odds boards opened up if this horse is hot or cold on the board. And what I mean by that is, is he sitting chilly at eight or nine to one or is he nine to two? And that's well, I, where the odds boards, I think, could maybe lead you to have a little bit more confidence about way, the way the five is going to run in the blame on Saturday at Churchill Downs. Well, if you look at historically how he's been bet, now he's only been favored a couple of times, but he's been well-backed he in has. just about every race. So I think money's going to pour in a little bit, and it's going to be a lot of the people like me who don't trust the one or don't believe in the one, especially at a short price. I could see it. Um, but a horse going from turf to dirt, uh, with absolutely no experience on the dirt and hasn't been, you know, isn't like the horse is nine for 12 on the turf and is just trying, you know, to get the, uh, you know, get the money up for his post-racing career. Uh, to me, it's a little tricky to take this horse at a short price. I, if I saw like 12 or 15 to one, I'd certainly take a shot. Yeah, the other issue I have with the one rattle roll is they're rolling him back real quick. I mean, you look at his, you know, his last three races, you know, he ran in March. Uh, March the 25th, then he had a you know full three and a half weeks off and ran in Keeneland in the Ben Ali. That was April 22nd, then had nearly the same amount of time, ran you know May 19th at Pimlico in the Pimlico Special, and now they're rolling him back in two weeks. You know, and he's, so, also, tra- and he's also traveling a lot. A lot yeah, of he's tracks. been all over the place. So he's gone Fairgrounds, Keeneland, Pimlico, and now he's back to Churchill Downs. I, I don't know. You could take Rattle and Roll at 2-1 to one all you want. I'm going to pass on that one. I really will. And I like Rattle and Roll, Mons. I picked them in the Pimlico. Like, there, there are reasons. And, and I liked them a couple races back in, in the New Orleans. But um, I just... I just don't see it. I mean, I, 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 I'd be a little bit leery of him being able to fire. I landed on the, the five Santine for Gaffleon and Brendan Walsh. I'm going to take a little bit of a shot. I agree with Monzo. I would use the seven pioneer of Medina underneath, and, and then I'd probably spread. So I'm going to try and key and exact the five over the seven, and then underneath that I'd use the one and the three. Well, here's the other thing about rattle and roll. Um, the race a couple weeks ago, he ran a one-on-one buyer, and he really had to track horses down late. So that was really an all-out effort. All-out. Right? So he was all-out, ran well. They're bringing him back on short rest. He draws the rail on his two-to-one. I'll pass. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Mons, quickly here, one last race is the Penine Ridge Race 9 at, at Belmont Park on Saturday, uh, 5-12 post time. Uh, just a, a quick thought. I think it's a... You know, it's a field of eight. You've got three that I think separate themselves. Silver Knot, Richard Mullen, Charlie Appleby, two to one on the morning line. Kalik for Irad Ortiz, Chad Brown, seven to two. Farbridge, Joel Rosario, and Todd Pletcher. The horse that I'd be most interested of those three. Silver Knot, no thanks, a two to one. I'd be interested in the six, Kalik. 
uh, or Calic, Irad Ortiz and Chad Brown in the Penine Ridge. Yeah, it certainly makes makes sense. And you know, you mentioned uh, a couple of other horses. Silver Knot makes a lot of sense in that race as well. Yeah, you love when Charlie Appleby sends him over across the Oh, pond. well, you, you, you've trained me well with that. I did. You, you used to hate European racing. You used to uh, not hate. You used to not watch. I got Monzo watching the Ark. I got Monzo watching Royal Ascot. I got Monzo when Frankie Dettori first came over. I'm like, dude, you we're about to watch the greatest jockey in the world, LaFranco Dettori, Frankie Dettori ride here in the states. Like it's a thing of beauty. Like European racing is fantastic. Right, and then he couldn't get Stephanie's kitten home twice. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but we got a revenge. Major. I also want to point out yeah. uh, at Monmouth Park Saturday in the Jersey Derby, uh, a horse that we've talked about in the past. Talk uh, of the Nation. Race, race 11, Monmouth Park Saturday. Uh, Talk of the Nation comes back 7-5, to five, a really well-thought-of horse. First show gets Paco Lopez. That could be a little bit of a, a problem there. But uh, Talk of the Nation, who scratched on Kentucky Derby. I still didn't hear why. Obviously, hopefully it's not a health thing. The horse comes back today. Um, comes back, I'm sorry, Saturday. Uh, running at Monmouth Park, runs a mile uh, in the Jersey Derby. So, Moose, we're in the heart of it here. This is horse racing season. It's summer. It's just about summer. It's June. It's going to be Saratoga before you know it. But first, the great Saturday at Belmont next week. Your best bet of the weekend is? Oh, that's going to be um, – It's oh, man, that's a tough one. Man, I, was, I was not prepared. I'll go first. So, yeah, uh, race 8, the horse, the race eight at really Churchill like. Downs. I love Paul No, yeah, Churchill Downs is definitely going to be in the regret. I really like Girl Named Charlie, 5-1. to one. Um, You know, as I said before, if you go back and watch past performances and, and look at previous races, if you watch how this horse got stopped with a ton of momentum, uh, the horse had a lot more than she showed that day. So I'm expecting if with a clean trip and look with only six horses in the field, it's going to, you know, unless Joel Rosario, Joel Bravo are running them on the rail, uh, it, it, you should have no excuses with trip. So if a girl named Charlie gets a clean trip and is able to close and finish uh, like I think she can as an improving uh, filly. That's going to be my best bet of the day. Mons, good luck with all your plays, and and more importantly, though, and good luck with packing up your house before your big move, all right? Yes, I appreciate it. It's You know, uh, I got I to gotta hit some winners to pay for the moving company. So I, that's where I'm at. Trust me, I understand. Uh, I get it. We all we all could use a little extra money. Thanks for everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Max, we're taking it in the podcast as we get in and put it out there. We appreciate it. Make sure, everyone, good luck with all your plays. We'll be active. Make sure to check out Brian and myself on social media. We'll be active. Uh, over the course of the next couple days with plenty of picks and reaction to the big races across the country. Make sure to like and subscribe the Betting the Ponies podcast right here. And thank you uh, to Bet Rivers. Uh, Mons, good luck this weekend. All right, brother? All right, let's hit it. You got it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.